What are you doing in Paris? I'll take it. This too. It's 500 for the belt and 2,000 for each bag. Great. I'm a personal shopper. Kira's very high profile. Hey, Kira. She can't do normal things. So I assist her. You have nothing better to do besides dress Kira? I'm waiting. What are you waiting for? My twin brother must die here. It's been 95 days. We made this oath. Whoever died first would send the other a sign. From the afterlife. Has that always been there? Louis, are you here? I had a sign. Are you sure? There was a presence. Do you think Lewis is here? I don't know. Kira? I'm just gonna drop these bags for you, okay? Hey. Kira was murdered. What were you doing at her place? Why are you asking? I'm lost. I can't tell whether or not I'm going crazy. Is it you? Or is it just me? Listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie <laughs> or psychological thriller. A podcast that talks about a horror movie? <laughs> yes. Could it be? <laughs> I literally just said that. That um, that narrator also does The Ancient Aliens. Uh, Robert Clotworthy, his name is. The same one who does the... Um... Oak Island. Oak Island. Yeah. And he does one other one. I forget which one. But uh, yeah, that's so interesting. I did hear back from uh, the Could It Be Oak Island podcast people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. They, they appreciated the shout out. Mm. So uh, Dustin and Deidre, um, pretty cool people. We emailed once so far. I was hoping they were in the Seattle area. They're a little ways out, so they may not make it over to Emerald City Comic Con. I was hoping they would. Um. Kind of cool to meet up for a drink and talk about. You know, buried treasure. So, um, yeah, what, where were we? We're a horror movie podcast. Uh, going to spoil the um, featured attraction. Mm-hmm. We're going to try not to spoil the recently watched. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find them on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy their music. And say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. Uh, 
So here we are in a shed at the bottom of a garden, maybe for the last or second to yeah. last time. Here we sit, sucking on whorehounds. Yeah, old-timey herbal uh, hard candies from uh, from Mike. So um, here's the thing. Uh, we can choose whether we're going to do this or not, but I don't know what we're going to say, because uh, we are in a garage edition, essentially a shed at the bottom of the garden. Um, what are we going to call the corner bedroom in the mid-century modern house atop a hill? I mean, we're going to have to come up with a name for it. That was the gun room, isn't it? No, no, the gun room is next door, and there's oh, okay. no guns in it anymore. Um, well, nobody knows that till now. Well, th- there currently aren't any guns in it. <laughs> well, no, I meant nobody knows that we're not in the old gun room. Oh, we could say we're in the old gun room, but that wouldn't be really truthful. <laughs> Mm. Um, we have integrity to some point yeah you know. i think that was the question <laughs> we, we have, have integrity <laughs> we have it be <laughs> we're open to bribery for anyone who wants to sponsor us that's true uh so we can choose next week's uh location for recording and uh the table's going to probably be round and not this so we could call it a round table discussion. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good. Cuz it's literally a round table. Oh, begs on going. Hmm? <laughs> what? <laughs> if we had the knights of the round table. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so uh we got swatted with a lot of snow on Friday and didn't mm-hmm. record. So here we are recording on Sunday. And it was icy. It was dangerous. Yeah. And uh glad we didn't do it. Yeah, we had to play it safe because no one wants to do the, the white knuckle ride across town. It's just not cool. No. Yeah, I thought, oh, yeah, stupid weather forecast. They're going to do whatever. And here in Denver, when they tell you it's going to be a dusting of snow, yeah, you could expect anything from no snow to seven or eight inches of snow like we got. Oh, yeah. It was pretty bad. We watched um, Breakfast News yesterday. It was about seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. They already had... Like just in Denver, they had 30 uh, traffic accidents. Oh, man. Yeah, I was helping the neighbor get out, and uh, he doesn't have the right car or wheels for this sort of thing. And it took quite a while. So, uh, what have you guys watched since we did this last? Go ahead. Um, I watched an anime feature film uh, called The Night is Short, Walk on Girl, directed by uh, Masaki Yuasa, who did uh, Loot Over the Wall and Devil Man Cry Baby. Um, Devil, was, Devil Man Cry Baby. <laughs> yeah, it was on Netflix. It was like a, a I think it's only like ten episodes or so. Okay. Do you know Devil Man? No, I, no. I think you've mentioned uh, this before. This is a manga anime character created by Gonagai back in the early seventies, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was an anime first. They had a, like a TV series, and that was fairly mild. And then he turned it into a manga, and it got really. Uh, he just went for it. It was very extreme. All right. Uh, lots of gore and naked breasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, tentacles? Any tentacles involved? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's not like that generally. Okay. It's not tentacle porn. Yeah, you didn't get that till the 80s, really. Okay. Um, but that's um, that was prefigured by uh, Hokusai back in the 19th century. Right. And all that stuff. Anyway. Going to a guy, and he he was so famous for his giant robot series, and uh, so Devil Man's been through several iterations of movies and TV series and things of various levels of explicitness. And uh, um, anyway, uh, 
And then this director also did Lou Over the Wall, which which uh, is a, like a mermaid story in the small town of Japan. And then uh, The Night of Short Walking Girl is this like a hallucinogenic romantic comedy. It's just like uh, some people go out drinking in Kyoto and they drink a lot, especially this one girl, massive amounts. And uh, mm-hmm. it just gets really, really <coughs> trippy. And there's various people turn up or may or may not be phantoms and it's like with unrequited love thing going on it, it, but it, it's extremely extremely bizarre you just feel stoned when you watch it <laughs> right um, yeah so I enjoyed that one is that on Netflix? Uh, no I got um, got it from the library oh, okay because Sharice um, at work recommended that one for me mm-hmm. to me so yeah I'll have to check it out mm-hmm. yeah so uh, that's all I saw Oh wow, that's a pretty short list for you. Yeah, I've been were you shoveling snow or what? Shoveling snow, drawing Nazis. <laughs> drawing Nazis, fuck man, <laughs> we just can't get away from them. <laughs> well, I'm doing this this book right yeah. now, so yeah, yeah. There's a it's for work. He's not just drawing Nazis for fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there's a, uh, and I don't have the the reference to it on me, but apparently there are people who take um, inappropriately cute or funny pictures at um, concentration camps. So like, um, how could you do that? Well, I think maybe people lack context for, uh, don't understand the gravity of what it is where Mm -hmm. they are. And apparently somebody who saw some of these pictures uh, photoshopped in what was actually there before. Mm. So you would have a picture from that view. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, here's the starving people at that fence behind them. Yeah. So don't be silly or goofy at these places, you know, so it's, it's very important to history for us to have, you know, those places to visit still and and understand what they meant and what the horror was that happened there. But, um, yeah, I just imagine that people don't always understand or their kids don't understand and they don't take a moment to say, Hey kids, (laughs) knock off your bullshit while we're Mm -hmm. here, you know, no flossing at Auschwitz. So, you know, it's not okay. Uh, anyway, Will, what have you watched? Uh, what did I watch? Documentary called Flossing at Auschwitz? Yes. <laughs> no. That was one. Um, I'm not sure what I watched this week. Um, bunch of episodes of Shatland. Oh, yeah. Uh, pardon my murder. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's one of those. And then I watched uh, uh, so tonight's movie. Island. Yeah. It's a cop who's... Rides, yeah. rides a small pony around. He rides fighting. a small pony. <laughs> Fights crime on, on, on a city. small pony. Yeah. It doesn't go very fast, but it's pretty strong because mm. it is a little pony. I like all these British um, murder series where they're, they're, it's some you know lovely village or an island. And there's, there's been several in islands. Oh, it's yeah. Like they don't have a big population, but apparently a lot of them are murderers. Yeah. Well, this, this one's good because they stretch out the murder over six episodes. As opposed to having like a murder every episode, because okay. yeah, you wonder like, man, there must only be three hundred people in that village, <laughs> <laughs> and they've just killed six of them yeah. in this this series, you know. Now, when you say they stretch the murder out over six episodes, <laughs> that's pretty agonizing. Come yeah. on, finish him off. God, he's suffering. <laughs> or perhaps I should say the murder case is stretched oh, okay. out over six okay. episodes. That makes more sense. They kill someone in the first episode usually. Yeah. 
Got to get it out of the way early. So, you know, someone has to be pardoned for that murder. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I think that's all that I've watched. I didn't. Oh, I watched a bunch of Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Trying to get through season five. And then once I got into it, it was over because it was only eight episodes. So oh, man. I felt bummed out. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched uh, tonight's movie twice. Ah, Personal Shopper. I had already seen it. Yeah. And so my second viewing was, uh, I don't know, a couple nights before we were going to record, before <clears throat> we got swatted by snow. Um, Brian uh, recommended Kingdom. So Have you watched any? I watched the first episode. And uh, yeah, the production values are really pretty high and it, and it looks great. It's uh, it's dubbed, and then anything that's in writing, it's a, it's a Korean production. Is it on Netflix? Uh, yes, it is. You can change that to subtitled. Uh, can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know if they because had... Because, personally, I cannot stand dubbed programming anymore. Yeah. Because they get the worst voice actors. These guys are pretty good. We so. watched uh, Siempre Bruja, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> which is not a good show. I'll just say right there, it's a Brazilian show. But man, the voice actors made it even worse. Yeah. Like, really terrible acting. They had that same group of guys for the longest time doing all the Japanese movies. And the one guy sounds like this all the time. And he's like really expressive when he talks. Yeah. It's like, dude, just (laughs) work on your acting part of your voice. We know you can talk. Apparently you can understand Japanese well enough to do this, but... Come on now. Or somebody did. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the lines. I'll do it. Yeah. Maybe I don't sound so, Japanese. Kingdom. All Kingdom, right. yeah. <clears throat> um, the other one is the Breaker Upperers. It's a, it's oh, a yeah. New Zealand comedy. Um, it was really pretty funny. I mean, considering that it was like an early or first effort, um, it's uh, 2018, um, written, directed, and starring uh, Madeline Sammy and Jackie Van Beek. And they are two women who have a service they provide where they will go and help you end your relationship you want out of with some finality. <laughs> and like the the opening scene is uh, they are dressed as police officers and they're coming to talk to this girl about her missing boyfriend and uh, how they, all they found was his watch by the pier or whatever and you know, we're quite sure he's drowned. We won't be able to find the body. You're just going to have to move on. And, uh, they, they do a lot of different things like that. But, uh, the main idea is when someone feels they can't get out of the relationship. Is everyone in New Zealand funny? Do you think? I think a lot of them are. Cause they uh, only have about 300 people. I yeah. But... At least 200 of them are funny. Yeah. And the rest are extras. So. Or hobbits. Or hobbits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they had, uh, uh, Jermaine Clement in a scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he made a guest appearance. Nice. It was pretty funny. Uh, so that was fun. I enjoyed that. That was all I've watched since last time. I I made some other attempts at some things, but uh, yeah, my brother was in town very briefly, and I gave him a ride to the airport at, well, we got up at 4 a.m. Uh, well, this was Friday into Saturday, so we chose the train to the plane instead of me driving all the way to the airport. mm I'm like, it's worth every penny of that nine bucks, Jim, really, you know, just, uh, just get on the train. It'll let you out at the bottom of the escalator heading right up to, uh, TSA. 
Oh, okay. I don't know if you've uh, seen. I've never known plane to the train. It's train to the plane. Yeah, I took. Um, I I only took that ride going back home once, and it's super easy. I mean, you have to wait five or ten minutes usually before the train's ready to take off, but it's great. Just escalator, train, boom, there you are. Anyone who's like, I don't know where to go when I get off the train. Well, the only way is up on the escalator, and when you get out of that door uh, at the top of the escalator, you'll be at security. So, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's all. Uh, that's all I got from last time. Personal shopper. All right. So, all right. so who wants to start? Uh, I don't know. Well, at this point, you can just edit in my uh, discussion of it from episode one hundred and nine. Episode one hundred and nine. At fourteen minutes, was it? Uh, no, no. Twenty-eight minutes. Twenty-eight in. minutes. Okay. Yeah, I remember when you talked about it. I don't remember when you talked about it though. I think I maybe just said, hey, that movie you said was good. I watched it and I liked it. <laughs> and I did like well, it. there you go. So there we go. That's the shortest episode we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, You want to record another one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, we could even probably watch a movie and then record that and mm. still be out of here on time. Uh, is this a horror movie? That's the first thing I want to ask you guys. It's got ghosts in it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It vomits ectoplasm. All right. It's uh, spiritualism and psychic power and mm-hmm. can other people see these ghosts and whatnot or is it all in her head and if it's in her head isn't this just a movie about somebody with psychological well, problems see at least one of them oh we do yeah the that's audience true. sees the ghost that's true she doesn't that's very true okay i accept it it is a horror movie then yes although she is an unreliable narrator i don't no. i believe mm, I, I guess so yeah like, we don't know if she's imagining those texts at first. Oh, yeah. And the first time I watched this, I thought, oh, that is amazing. <laughs> and then it turns out mm, someone's actually stalking her and he has murdered somebody. Yeah. Well, he hasn't yet. But... Well, yeah. By the end of the movie, he has. Yeah. And but I think the point, of, uh, at least start with a whole texting sequence mm-hmm. Is uh, you don't know who this person is, mm-hmm. if they're alive or dead, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the best part of it for me. Yeah. So yeah. the texting part was pretty amazing, and then doubly amazing that it was all someone just texting on the phone. Yeah, and yet it was nerve wracking. Well, have you ever had somebody get a hold of you and they didn't identify themselves, and they kind of play this guess who game with you? Yeah. I had a friend who reached out on Twitter, which is his only social media that he uses. He's like, hey, guess who? Hey, I can't believe it's you. And I'm like, uh, and you are? <laughs> and so he, there was some back and forth before he said who he was. He just dropped a hint and I went, oh, okay, now I know it's Ron. But uh, it's like I had no, no way I could have guessed if he hadn't dropped a pretty big hint. There was nothing on his profile that said. So I could see where that would be scary and frustrating for somebody. Especially women have to deal with creepy men all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they have to always be looking over their shoulder because as a as a gender, we're pretty awful. <laughs> I don't mean we in this room, but I mean. Yeah. Well, maybe me, but not yeah. you guys. <laughs> I'm texting someone right now. <laughs> yeah. No, that would, it would make. I'm behind you. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> Just kidding. Just joking. Uh, well, maybe I am. <laughs> so, um, the way this builds, I really like this movie. Yeah. Okay. We we meet Kristen Stewart's character. Maureen. Not, 
Maureen, yes. And, uh, and she is a personal shopper for a celebrity. So she has the job of driving around on her scooter. Yeah. Buying <laughs> super expensive clothes. And apparently she's got the same body type, same size. Mm-hmm. Because she not only knows all these products, but can try them on and say, yeah, this is a good fit or it isn't. So that seems like, you know, most women, if they were paid well to do this, would enjoy this job. Yeah. I would think. But she describes it perfectly because she says that she spends her days doing bullshit that doesn't interest her, keeping her from wanting from what she really wants to do, which... You know, at first I thought personal shopper would be a great job, but hearing her describe it like that, yeah, I think it would be kind of frustrating. And she's dealing with someone who's an egomaniac who mm-hmm. she has to fight over money with. And right. it's not like a friend or anything you're doing things for. It's, That's true. You're doing this job, and she's usually not there. And when she is, she's telling you to do something else. And Yeah, and it seemed like... Um she's one of those wealthy people and famous who doesn't value your time at all. No. And, and I've seen this from the lowest level of, of people with any sort of importance or wealth. Uh, people who really aren't that wealthy or that important will just make you wait and then waste mm-hmm. your time yeah. and then be dismissive with you. It's pretty terrible. And this is that on a much grander scale. Yeah. So she's treated pretty poorly by her. Even if she is on the phone with her lawyer about the gorillas. <laughs> That's right. So she's trying to do this for publicity, it sounds like. Yeah. Something, yeah. something supposedly charitable, but it's all We're just We're going to need those gorillas there. We have reporters lined up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good that it wasn't koalas. I mean, it's so much better that it's gorillas. Yeah. Where are they? They've gone back into the mountains. <laughs> but, You're uh, just giving me problems, not solutions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Maureen is in Paris because her brother, Louis, died. Right. And she's waiting for a sign mm-hmm. because they're both mediums, although she's skeptical. Yeah. Um and they had a pact between them that whoever died first would send the other one a message from the other side. Right. So um, she goes to Lewis's house where he died, I believe. Yeah. And uh, waits for a sign. Now his girlfriend, Lara, is going to be selling the mansion. Yeah. So apparently he was successful at whatever it is he did. I don't carpentry. Remember. Was it yeah, carpentry? Yeah, he was a carpenter. Like, did restoration and stuff? I guess. He yeah. wanted to set up some sort of carpentry school there, she says. Oh, that's right. Because we do see the girlfriend working on some things. Yeah. That are either architectural elements or furniture. I'm not sure. Yeah, some sort of furniture leg. leg. Of that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like a Queen Anne leg or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this uh, th- this basically comes down to some people who knew Lewis want to buy the mansion, but they want to make sure it's clear of spirits. Did they want to make sure it was clear of spirits or did they want to make sure that it was Lewis in there? Mm. Well, because I wasn't really sure. The, the first time I watched it, I took it that they wanted it to be clear, but they seemed really. They were interested. Really interested in it. And I wondered if they didn't want a ghost. Well, the synopsis mm. says they wanted to find out. Yeah. So there's finding out and then knowing whether it's benevolent or not. 
Yeah. They strike me as like, so there are friends of Lewis from yeah uh, before he knew Maureen even, and uh, they want to know that he's settled yeah. wherever he is. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that they made a pact. Whoever dies first gives the other one a sign. Yeah. Houdini's uh, dead wife was going to do this. Or was it? Houdini was no. going <clears> to <throat> send her a sign. That's what it was. And uh, Houdini would, he'd be able to expose mediums who were phonies. Yeah. Um, by saying, well, let's contact my dead mother. And she didn't call him Harry or Houdini. She called him Eric. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And she also only spoke Yiddish or something. Right. Yeah. So there wasn't any reason that... that She always spoke perfect English whenever she came through a meeting. Yeah. 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 So uh, it seems like these two as twins had such a good connection that she would know if it was him. Yeah. And it seems like by the end of the movie, you know, we, we get an idea that maybe Lewis is in touch with her and has a funny sense of humor (laughs) or maybe it's something else. Well, that's the thing. I don't know that she would accept any message from Lewis as being real. I mean, he turns the faucets on, he does all sorts of stuff and she keeps going, I need a sign. I need a sign. And it's like, you just got two. You think if he hit her in the head with a sign, she would accept it? (laughs) No, no. Because even at the end of the movie, she doesn't accept it. Yeah. Whatever's there, if it is Lewis, there's something in that room at the end. Yeah, there definitely is. You know, I, I think uh, I, I I took it as like uh, she's struggling to find to uh, to go on with her life. She's on kind of hold. Yes, for much of the movie, so she has no you know someone else is controlling where she goes, what she buys, what she, you know, what she, how she dresses. Yeah, um, she and she's you know. Caught up on her dead brother, so she's just not moving on at all for most of the movie. And then yeah. by the end, she's she's moved on. So that when he gives her these obvious signs, she's she's just like, oh, that was just someone knocking that off the table, and yeah, or is that you know is that last thing me or because she's ready to move on? Yeah, she's she's gone. Yeah, yeah for sure. <clears throat> and so as this whole thing progresses. Uh, and we do see um, we do see this scene where Maureen meets uh, the rich, famous woman Kyra's lover, uh, Ingo. I think his Ingo. name is Ingo. <laughs> so she meets Ingo. Well, she's already known him, but she's, she's no. She that's the thing. First that's time? weird about this. She's never met him before, but he knew her name when when she walked in. Huh. But they didn't know. At least it didn't appear that he had she had ever met him because she. She did ask him questions, you know, like, what do you do? You have a better job to offer me than, <laughs> and he's like, I work for Vogue Berlin. I get you, a, I'll put a word in for you. Right. You already have a shitty job, you know, what's a different one. It'd, be, it'd pay better. <laughs> yeah. Different shitty job with better pay. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's very strange because he seems to know about her, mm-hmm. but he, he's, he knows her name, right? When she walks in, she doesn't know him. Kira's asked him to leave. So it's not like Kira would have been like, oh, would you hang out here? Marine's going to come by and uh, right. drop off some clothes. <clears throat> so it's very strange rewatching it. We don't know quite how he knows her. Also, how does mm. he get her number to text? I assume he got it from Kira, but... Well, 
I assume from that empty um, Stoli bottle on the table that maybe she does sometimes get blackout drunk and maybe he's mm. fiddling around with her phone. Oh, okay. That would make sense. Um, nothing else I could come up with would explain it. Yeah. So. Here- yeah, this is a movie that leaves large chunks out yeah. that you're yes. unable to answer because they don't give you enough information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're just it of... worked in, in a lot of movies. I don't think that would work. Yeah, mm-hmm. where the, you set up these mysteries and then you kind of brush them away at the end, like, oh, he admitted to all of it. <laughs> like, but I have so many questions. And, Too bad. And there are people who have theories and questions about what happens in certain parts of this movie. And I and I thought, I have questions and I have theories. Let me look on some websites and see if anyone else does. Okay. And I and I have some here. So when 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 we get a little further into the story, uh, not that we're synopsizing or recapping this, we're just sort of t- talking about some of the di- yeah different parts of it loosely loosely synopsizing. So uh, after this scene where we meet um, Ingo, uh, this is where Maureen spends another night at Lewis's home, and the, he's fiddling around with turning the faucets on, and her artwork has been scratched. Yeah. Um, uh, following this, we see the the phantom woman who vomits ectoplasm. Mm-hmm. And we see it before she does, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she does see it. She does <clears throat> see it. This is another thing. Um, she watches it go out the window, but she tells Laura later that it just disappeared. Yeah. Which makes you think, like, well, what other things are you not telling us? Or, or yeah. Telling... Ex- explaining it a different way yeah than how it really happened uh or maybe in the moment she just didn't really you know see it yeah the way it happened you know if you ever look at uh like people who've been wrongfully convicted and how eyewitnesses have put them away the stuff they've seen that didn't really happen or the people they've identified that weren't the right people that kind of stuff is so maddening. And then you look at something like this, it's like, well, maybe she was just so kind of horrified in the moment that she didn't really notice which way yeah. it went. That's possible. But yeah. I think she just wanted to say, no, it's gone. We're done. I think it's, so. Everything's, yeah. everything's cool. Um, so after this, uh, let's see, uh, is the texting scene. And they're in, in this, this texter is really messing with Maureen. And at at, uh, another point, the texting is happening, and she had her phone either off or on airplane mode or something. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like that horrifying sequence of, uh, I'm coming over, I'm outside. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm I'm in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm on the landing. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. (laughs) This is is really happening. Um, But we do do see the scene also where... uh, in all the frustration and boredom of this job and at the behest of this mad texter, she gets dressed up in some clothes. Yeah. Because Kira flips out if she tries yeah. on her clothes. Yeah. We learn. And so. Other than when she buys them or does she never try them on? She never tries them on because she got in trouble for it. And the one guy's like, oh, I'd love to see you in that. And she's like, yeah, I'd love to try it on. But you told Kira last time and she flipped out. Oh, okay. Or something along those lines. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he finally convinces her to try on the shoes. Right. Which, uh, you know, she obviously really likes. Yeah. 
Um, and the texter taunts her with the, don't you want to be somebody else? <laughs> she kind of, I mean, she stands in for Kira at a photo shoot. She, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. Like Jolian said, she's in a holding pattern waiting for the sign. Yeah. And probably grieving still, but not. Yeah. We don't really admitting it to we... herself. She's very stone faced. Well, we don't Most get a uh, we don't get a timeline on how recently he died, do we? Three months. Oh, is that what they said? Yeah. Okay. And then later they say Laura says it's been ninety five days. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it seemed recent, but I couldn't I couldn't remember hearing the you know. The... I think she mentions it to Ingo too. Yeah. Something about it's been three months. Ingo. What, Ingo. A, what a name. That's that's a name a jerk has, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Sorry if there's any listeners named Ingo. We just lost both of them. <laughs> yeah. We have two Ingo listeners. 14% of our audience is named Ingo. <laughs> and at least two of them have bailed on us. Uh, yeah. So Ingo doesn't come across as a psycho when we briefly meet him. No. He doesn't come across like he would... Oh, I don't know, murder somebody in a horrible, bloody way. Yeah. But at first when I saw this, I went, oh, no. Did some some malevolent presence stab her and throw her across the room? Or did she kill herself in a really horrible, bloody way? Yeah. No, it was Ingo. It was Ingo. Classic Ingo. <laughs> Classic Ingo. <laughs> in typical Ingo fashion. <laughs> yeah, he takes... Uh, drunken Kira and stabs her and drags her around and she, yeah yeah I don't know if she was trying to just crawl away after being mortally wounded but it's There's, uh, something's going on in that far room yes yeah what do you think it is you don't know you don't know do you think it's a presence some red light coming out the doorway the, yeah and some banging yeah maybe it's Kira yeah maybe she's just like what the hell yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you think that that when when uh, a spirit like that would leave the body of somebody who's kind of, you know, self-centered and rude, <clears throat> do you think they would like in the afterlife just not understand anything and just be like, "Oh, great, now this." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd like to think it would be something like that. Uh yeah, so so we we have the scene where um okay, where Maureen has, has uh, decided that she wants to do this dress up thing. And at the behest of the mad texter, she does. And she even gets a little turned on doing it. As we mm -hmm. see, uh, I found that really interesting. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a very high profile actor and, uh, here she is unclothed. So she's doing this for the art and the money. I assume didn't expect that the first time I saw this. I thought, oh, no, nobody who's on that level. Oh, yep, there, there she is. Okay. Uh, so that happened. Um, the harness was weird. Mm -hmm. It's like, who buys that and where do they wear it? Well, Kira buys it. Where does she wear it? The red carpet. That would have to be it, right? Yeah. It would have to be one of those con film festival kind of things, right? Yeah. Do we say con or can? Con. Con. <laughs> con! Uh, there's cans. <laughs> cans. We're Americans. We could say it every wrong way. But uh, how do the English Cons. say it in England? Well, it depends if you're asking someone who's 
educated or not. Okay, we're not. Because yeah. we'll, we'll mangle up foreign languages willf- well, willfully. You know, I kind of wondered, like, you'll hear some English people say, would you like a piece of candy? When they talk really? about, yeah. Candy. Candy. I've never heard that. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but they all say Gandhi when they were talking about okay. Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi, yeah. Yeah, they say Gandhi. Gandhi. And nachos. Nachos. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the ah sound, but ah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they don't say Condi, but they Can definitely I rustle do. up some nachos for you, Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> wow, sidetracking. Um, where where were we going with that? I don't know. Oh, can con? <coughs> yeah, where, where does she wear her harness? Yes. Where does she wear her? When she's parachuting into Khan. Yes, exactly. Now, that brings us to a, a really kind of interesting tie-in. Um, let's see. Tie-harness. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, a nice strap-in. Um, let's see. Oh, we got Khan oh, Film Festival. Oh, here we go. Um, Oliver Assayas won Best Director for this. At the Cannes Film Festival, or Cannes, depending on who you ask. The Cannes Film Festival. And um, that's pretty cool for a movie that's this outside of the norm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got the Bloody Corpse thing. Uh, it seems pretty clear at that point. Uh, something crazy is going on that doesn't involve spirits. Uh, Maureen does the right thing and gets the hell out of there. Or does she? This is where the kooky theories come in. Have you heard the theory that she was also murdered there? No. Yes. And everything, I've, heard, I've heard that. I've heard she was murdered in the hotel room. Yeah. Because she leaves the crime scene and then goes... Then we cut to her at the police station. She yeah. says she went back and called and mentions the Cartier jewelry. Right. Which they don't mention whether or not they have it or not. They just ask her about it. And she goes home after the questioning by the police and the Cartier jewelries in her apartment. Don't they, wait a minute now, don't they, uh, don't they just kind of have a general line of questioning and she specifically brings up the jewelry? Like, what were you doing there? I was they, delivering they, some bags. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Ask her if she, what she did with it and she says she left it there. But doesn't she offer up that I was bringing some bags over? What yeah. was yeah. in it? Expensive jewelry. Okay, where are they now? So she brings it up. Yeah. So why so, is it at her place? How does that happen? Does Ingo in, bring it Ingo over? Ingo brought it over. Fucking because Ingo. Because he has keys to her building, he says later. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ingo is just bad news. And again, when you meet him in that one scene, he seems like he's just laying about, just being a pain in the ass. He doesn't seem like he's a murderer and a yeah. jewelry planter. So this is, this is where the, the theory comes in, because... She decides to take the Cartier jewelry to the hotel where Ango's left her a card on the uh-huh. landing for room 329. She goes up there. We hear the door open. She's in there. We hear the door open, but we don't see who comes in. Okay. And then it cuts to a weird scene where you're at the front desk and the elevator opens. Mm-hmm. And then the front doors open. They're sliding doors. They open like somebody's leaving, but we don't see who it is. And then we cut to Ingo coming downstairs right. from 329. And he gets arrested. Well, the police try to arrest him, 
but he shoots it out and runs away. And then we cut to Maureen talking to to Lara in the cafe, mm-hmm. who wraps everything up with saying, Ingo confessed. Right. So you assume he got him, but you're left with clues. You're left with questions like, who who was it that left the the room that we didn't see? Who, yes. Was that a ghost? Was that Lewis? Was that Marine's ghost? Whose mm-hmm. ghost was that? Right. You know, um, you also wonder, like, how did the police find Ingo there? Were they following him? You know, I, that's a less important question, but, you know, who did we see leave? Right. Somebody, some ghostly presence. Yeah, that is, that's, that's yet another unanswered question. Uh, I want to skip back to this thing about um, this painter that Maureen discovers. Clint. Yeah. Is, is this a real painter? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember learning about this one in art school. Hilma of Clint, um, whose paintings were inspired by messages from the spirit world. So this was a very modern bunch of paintings done way before uh, this style emerged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was receiving messages from the beyond or the future. Yeah, she was into theosophy. Okay. Uh, along uh, there was other abstract painters like Kandinsky were into it, mm-hmm. um, but she was the first to put it into painting. Interesting. So in 1906, she was coming out with these kind of abstract paintings, which are kind of they kind of feel like diagrams of the beyond. That's yeah. what I'm not to take away from her from her work, but I felt that they were more diagram ask than abstract mm-hmm. at least the ones i've looked up hmm. um <clears throat> yeah it kind of felt like uh to me it was like mondrian's work halfway between when he was more realistic and then when he became like just completely just blocks of color with black lines in between them like it yeah. was some, maybe a point in between somewhere on the spectrum of his style development but uh, evolution yes she was a real artist okay good because i I, you know, you, you want to be excited about something like this. Like when you, when you watch Donnie Darko and it's like, Oh, here's this book, mm-hmm. this amazing book. And it's like, uh, it turns out it doesn't exist. It's oh, not a real man. Book. Oh. Oh. Nope. Real artist. Yeah. Really good. Painted. Good. Yeah. I don't remember this artist. Part from... of the five. The she five. Was a group of women painters. They called themselves the five. And they were lo- painted for some master. Some oh. unnamed master. <clears throat> and these were paintings for a temple. She was they didn't know what the master just told them to do these paintings for a temple. That's weird. Huh. She had them locked away after her death. How interesting. And they were not well received the first time they came out in the 60s, I guess. Okay. And then they went away again until the 80s, and then people really started yeah. paying attention to her. Like, and now like, she has her own museum. Like it says in the, in the film, uh, she was painting for the future, and that future is now. Yeah. Because like part of the movie is like uh, everything's collapsed. Like uh, through her phone, she's you know she can contact the dead, the past, the future. Yeah. So it's all kind of flattened out. Maybe you're not ready for this yet, but the, your kids are gonna love it. Yes, <laughs> I think so that's how I, it I is. I brought in uh, the Dictionary of the Supernatural by Peter Underwood, and it's got an entry on uh, Theosophy. Oh, cool! Shall I read that to you? Yes, yes. please. Uh, a philanthropic concept that attempts to promote a love of mankind and is religious only in so far as it teaches a spiritual background to existence. 
the wisdom religion that is claimed to be the substance and basis of all religions and teaches the development of latent psychic faculties and the doctrine of reincarnation. Uh, theosophy attributes the spirit, mes spirit messages of spiritualism to evil spirits or astral shells, incomplete beings. Among those influenced by its ideas were Rudolf Steiner. Uh, see also Madame Blavatsky. Yeah, mm. she was the uh, one of the main figures of it of the uh, movement. That's fascinating. Yeah, a lot of these movements have have emerged and had a little heyday, and then uh, just fell out of favor. Yeah, this is like uh, the late nineteenth century. Mm -hmm. People get into spiritualism, um, you know, trying to find some meaning in life. You know, post yeah. uh, evolution theory and right. The industrial age coming in. Now, when we uh, when we had Eugenia on the show, we talked about how uh, how the occult is having a, a revival right now. Yeah, like not just one uh, particular belief system or or what have you. It's it's kind of the occult at large is more exciting to people now. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think people are just trying to find some answers, or do you feel like maybe they feel like they don't belong to anything bigger. Like everything is just this shallow, immediate gratification, social media bullshit world. Maybe they want something beyond it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah. It seems like, reasonable. Because, you know, the, when people were like in the in the 90s, people were like, <coughs> oh, I want a tribal tattoo. And they, people wanted really tribal looking things. And it's like, but you're you're not from any tribe and i think mm -hmm. that was a feeling of no identity like all identity's been lost and people want to belong to something kind of kind of felt like that was the first sort of incarnation of of this mindset uh, recently anyway yeah so now people can uh can go get their their bad tribal tattoos covered up and or lasered off and uh just get into tarot cards or something if they really want to or watch movies. <laughs> watch movies about spirits. That's why paranormal activity movies were so uh, so big, I think. Because it was on such a pedestrian level. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything like high production value. It was just a couple of idiots with a, with a camcorder. <laughs> right? Yes. So it, and and there, there's, uh, there's basically like, this could be you. You know, just, right. yeah, just imagine you doing this. Yeah, I belong to that tribe. Yeah, okay, enough about that. Um, so, uh, yeah, Ingo has a shootout, attempts to escape. Uh, he's arrested and confesses, so we're told. Yeah. We can assume on the face of it this does happen. I mean, you can't go in or out of a hotel and not be on a camera. He would be identified. He would eventually be arrested. Yeah. If he works for Vogue, somebody would go, oh, yeah, that's the guy that works Vogue Berlin with me. Yeah. So let's assume, yes, he's been apprehended, whether it was half a block away or, you know, a day or two later and confesses to the murder. Um, Case closed, as she says. Yeah. She's, she's stuck in Paris until it is solved because of some travel restrictions in her. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave town. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those kind of deals. Mm -hmm. Except for they would say it with a French accent. Yeah. Um, did that uh, detective she's talking to remind you of like an Inspector Clouseau? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> you seem to know what he was doing. 
<laughs> well, he didn't no, I fall don't. down once. <laughs> no I mean, Asian man jumped out and attacked him. <laughs> I guess what I mean is, uh, didn't Jean Reno play him in uh, the Steve Martin movies? Which I don't think I ever watched. Because <laughs> uh, this guy looked like a uh, like a Jean Reno, but heavier. A little bit. I don't know. <laughs> so that made me think, you're a trench coat and a funny hat away from being... Clouseau. Clouseau. <laughs> oh man, I'm just yeah. being I'm just being mean to the French right now. I need to stop it. Um, all right, so uh, uh, we meet Irwin. Yes, this is Lara's new boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I think he feels a little sheepish about this whole meeting, like a little apprehensive. Like is is uh, Lewis's you know surviving sister going to be mad at me for you know horning in on this whole you know grieving. Uh, not widow, but girlfriend equivalent of widow. (laughs) Yeah. What do you call somebody who's left behind? I don't know. The the grieving left behind girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just say widow. So grieving widow, uh, Irwin feels weird about it, but, uh, I think Maureen tries to just put him at ease and say, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It didn't even enter my mind. Everything's cool. He has some weird phrase in there that like, Lewis wouldn't forbid it, which I thought was a weird tie back to the texting because uh, he asked her, you know, is it something about uh, her dressing up being forbidden? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, it's only fun if it's forbidden. Oh, it was a weird phrasing. And I don't know huh. what to make of it, but I feel like it was in there it on purpose. It echoes it. Yeah, it was kind of an echo, and kind of like, hmm, okay. Hmm. Now, um, was was Gary Maureen's boyfriend or just a friend? I took <clears throat> it as a boyfriend. I did, too. But did she you... also seems terribly disinterested in him, but she doesn't <laughs> seem interested in much of anything. No, and, uh, and I've heard people who, uh, you know, forget Kristen Stewart's name or refer to her as... Uh, uh, what's her face? The the sad sack or sulky McGee from the the Twilight movies or whatever. Yeah. Well, he, I think if her portrayal of Joan Jett in the Runaways movie didn't redeem her for you, this one should. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should watch. Uh, I'll have to watch that because Emily says uh, she's never seen Kristen Stewart smile. <laughs> <laughs> so On some late night talk shows, she has smiled. She has smiled. She okay. is capable. That's I've good. seen it. Good. Yeah. I don't know if she smiles in the Runaways at all. Okay. But she smiles when she puts those shoes on. Oh. She gets kind of an ecstatic look on her face. Oh, okay. Oh. So she does show some sort of joy. You see her there. smile. You see her naked. These things you thought would never happen happen in this movie. <laughs> wow. There you go. <laughs> I loved one of the one of the posts. I looked like you. I looked up theories online, and somebody's uh-huh. somebody's review on. Either IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, I don't remember which, was like, not a fan of Kristen Stewart, so seeing her naked was no bonus for me. Oh, God. She doesn't owe you this, sir. I'm assuming it's a dude. I'm assuming it's a dude, too. Just no bonus. So when that scene came on when we rewatched it, I was like, this scene's no bonus. (laughs) Uh. Kind of troglodyte, are you? <laughs> yeah, 
you know, never thought I'd see Harvey Keitel naked. And then I saw the piano and I went, no bonus. No bonus. <laughs> I don't like Harvey Keitel. So seeing him naked was no bonus for me. Let me just write that for every review that has nudity. <laughs> or even some that don't. <laughs> that don't have nudity. You yeah. know, uh, the mule, you know, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. No bonus. No bonus. I, I've watched most Charles Lawton movies. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no bonus for me. Nah. Right. Um, so let's let's talk about the the last uh, couple things. So Maureen does finally go to Oman and visits Gary in the mountains. Uh, let's see. She arrives in the room, uh, hears a noise, and finds a glass floating in the air, mm-hmm. which um, falls and shatters. Okay. So supernatural uh, forces are afoot. afoot. Yes, they are afoot, and uh, she asks questions accepting single thumps as yes two thumps says no and when she asks when she eventually asks her twice repeated question lewis is this you there's silence and then she asks or is it just me and then gets a single thump saying yeah it's just you so that could say this is all her imagination if we the audience didn't see some of the things that she also saw Mm, yeah so Lewis has a funny sense of humor, in my opinion, and 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 he did thump the table. Something did. Yeah, or whatever it was that thumped. Uh, yeah, I think he wants to. He wants her to move on. He's been leaving these signs for her. Yeah. Even when she doesn't pick up on them. Yeah, like I said, then, hit so, her with an actual sign. Yeah, so he's eventually saying, well, <clears throat> well, maybe it's your psychic powers causing all this, and you can let me go. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I like this. What do the theorists say? Well, okay. First theory, uh, that this is on stackexchange.com, just to give credit where credit is due. Uh, they had posted some theories. Uh, Ingo killed Maureen in the hotel room. She receives the note saying, go to room 329 at Hotel Crown Plaza. Um, let's see. She goes to the third floor, enters room 329, takes jewelry out of the bags, and then hears the room's door open and close as if somebody entered the room. Uh, the screen then fades to black, which sometimes, you know, is kind of a cinematic uh, bit of lingo to say, oh, someone, you know, something happened here that we're not showing you, possibly a death. Mm-hmm. This has happened. Um, spoilers for The Sopranos. <clears throat> um, after that, we see an invisible ghost leave the hotel from the third floor corridor. It moves past room 330 into the elevator, out of the elevator in the lobby, and finally out the front door. After that, we see Ingo exiting the room, 329, and he exits the hotel where he is uh, confronted by the police. Uh, Jean pointed out something interesting. You don't see her. You see her go to a hotel room and open it, but you don't ever see the room number. Okay. You see when Ingo leaves that it's room 329. You assume it's the same one, but they don't actually show you what room she goes into. Okay. Interesting. She could have just gone back to 724. Yeah. And this and this theory does say, uh, this all indicates that Ingo is the culprit, um, but we never see how Maureen, as a live person, leaves the hotel. Mm-hmm. We aren't shown that. We do see a fade to black. We don't see her leave. Theory two, Maureen went crazy at some point in the film, and it was she who killed Kira. Mm-hmm. Uh, does not make sense so. <laughs> because it was... Uh, because then it was there was no point for Ingo to shoot at the police and run. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that one's dispelled pretty easily. Another theory, uh, Maureen went crazy at some point in the film or her communication with the ghost was incoherent, but it was Ingo who killed Kyra. Kira. Um, the purpose of the meeting in 329 makes no sense. It's suggested that Ingo tried to frame Maureen by planting the jewelry in her apartment. But why then would he uh, want to meet her in room 329 and then leave alone without the jewelry? Yeah. Uh, he just wanted to talk with her. It doesn't look that way when he exits the room. Doesn't make sense. So that, so the, the first theory um, that, Ingo kills Maureen in the hotel room. That could make sense, but then it leaves things after that point in the movie, you know, to not make sense. Yeah. So we have that. That feels <clears throat> too uh, Twilight Zone kind of Shyamalan twist ending to me. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really go with this movie. If it had just ended there after he Ingo shoots the cops. And you didn't get all that stuff with her and and uh, <clears throat> Laura's new boyfriend and everything, and her trip to uh, Oman and everything. I I could lend some you know credence to that theory, but having that much afterwards, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't jive. Yeah, this is me. this is more of like a, a spiritual journey movie. It's not a movie that's gonna drop a twist on you at the end and go aha yeah such and such was dead all along or yeah or they died you know but i think bruce people, willis I was a ghost the whole look time. for that because it's a ghost story i think they're you know and it doesn't wrap everything up neatly mm-hmm. or maybe it wraps everything up too neatly that without answering questions that people you know that they want to come up with some theory okay a now, lot of reviews of this Really hated this movie. Really, really, well, really. I saw it got really low rating on Netflix as well. Yeah, but which it's is rated, unfortunate because. But, but it's rated really well on Rotten Tomatoes. It gets an eighty percent, mm-hmm. which um, is a seven point one out of ten. Uh, this was done with two hundred and fifty reviews, and and keep in mind, listeners, this is an aggregator. This website, it's it, it it's going to just take all of these things and say are these reviews generally positive or not? Mm-hmm. So you have to consider that. Now, having said that, um, so let's say that's a seven out of 10. So if that were a five star, that would be a 3.5, right? Yeah, but you're messing with the maths now, so. Okay, well, let's say it, Let's say it's a three out of five. <laughs> not doing math. Okay, so, so let's say that it's three out of five. Okay. You know my thing is... If it's a horror movie, you bump it up. You one. bump it up one star, no matter mm. what. So this is a four star movie out of five. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Well, and if they mention the title in the movie, yeah. it goes up another star. <laughs> or and, and bonus scenes, remember? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, another, another thing about uh, uh, mathematics: that if you watch this, I, I used to have the Blu-ray of this, but it's gone mysteriously missing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think Ingo took it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Get that, Ingo. Um, anyway, uh, so I can't remember the uh, subtitles on that, but it was Criterion, so they must be pretty good. Yeah. Right. On Netflix, they're a little dodgy and misleading. Okay. Um, for example, when she's buying uh, clothing and, and bags mm-hmm. uh, in a shop, she they're dropping numbers and she's filling out a blank check. Yeah. Uh, the subtitles say it's dollars. 
so they're outrageously expensive. Oh, okay, yeah, which is yeah. reasonable, you know, if if you're thinking about the the because it was haute couture fashion. Yeah, yeah, but they'd be talking in francs, in which case, uh, what she's buying is like uh, I think it comes to about eight hundred dollars. Yeah, but mm. they were talking about actual. Well, at least, I don't know because it was on the Netflix. There's, they, there's they something don't... like. Two thousand for each bag and five hundred dollars yeah. for the belt. So on the subtitles it says dollars, oh, but okay. they don't mention a currency in the film. Oh, okay. So if you if you, so it's like two thousand dollars for subtitles, but if they're talking about francs, then it would only be, be like three hundred and fifty. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, about eight hundred dollars for the bags. It's much higher because, you know, being a personal shopper for a celebrity like mm-hmm. that. She's probably spending big bucks. Right. But you're right, yeah. She says 4500 Yeah. Huh. Well. This this is a <laughs> this is a great example of, of where you think you know what you know when you're watching something and then you find out no, you don't know. Like they're what they're showing you sometimes or what they're telling you. Uh and I've seen things like that where where they've uh, with with the subtitles or with the with the voiceover, it's like it'll disagree. Yeah, it's like that should that should be easily fixable. Well, another thing they do is they do the same thing on TCM um, subtitles. Um, uh, if someone's speaking a non-English language, it'll just say foreign language. I hate that. Oh. They're obviously speaking French. Yes, right. I hate that so much when it's obvious the the language right. you're speaking. The worst thing is when you're watching like a westerns or something, and it's like uh, you know someone from a tribe. They've been here longer than the English speakers have, but their subtitles would say speaking foreign language. Oh God, that's even worse. It's the yeah. opposite. That's an indigenous Everyone language. Everyone else is speaking the foreign language. Yeah, yeah, an indigenous language. Yeah, that should be. Yeah, yeah. that always gets me. When they do that, you're like, yeah, they're speaking French or German or. Right. Yeah. I wish they'd just translate them so you could tell what people were saying. You know, <laughs> yeah. if they were going to go to the trouble, you know, just mm-hmm. translate the. I don't speak any French. <laughs> so, um, additional viewings are definitely very rewarding with this movie. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't think we could recommend somebody just watch this once. It's like, watch it once, wait some amount of time that isn't so much that you forget the movie, and then watch it again. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I've seen it three times in the last year. Yeah. yeah, I watched it twice in a week or so. Yeah, I watched it months ago, and then just the you know the middle of last week. And I would watch it again. And it's like, um, it's... I mean, people might describe it as slow, because, you know, in terms of, like, there's no... There's no there's only one body you see. Right. Um, you know, there's no, there's no action really to speak of. Unless you count vomiting ectoplasm. But, um, and I do. Yeah. It, it doesn't, there's no wasted time. There's no. There's always something happening. And, and like, even you, there's a few scenes where it will fade out when they're talking because mm-hmm. like, well, everything you need to know in this scene is done. Yeah. We're just going to fade out and move on. Yeah. And, and leave them to it. Yeah. Sort of. So it clips right along, isn't it? It's like 90 it's an, minutes or so. An hour and 45. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Huh. It doesn't feel long. No, it doesn't feel long at all. I would I would 
hesitate recommending this to some people because I would fear that they would think that it was a little slow. Um, I've read a lot of reviews. People were unbelieving that personal sh- being a personal shopper was a real job. Okay. It's like, no, that's like, what kind of bullshit job did they make up for this movie? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you've never heard of this? You're like, uh, you've never heard of a personal shopper. Oh, you know? morons. Yeah. It's like a personal assistant who only shops. Yeah. Wrap because your brain you around too that. too rich and too famous to go out or just too busy. Yeah. And maybe you just hate shopping. Yeah. And this film doesn't explain itself. And for most of the first half hour, you don't know what she's doing. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. And it's all, she's in just about every single shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost all of the, like 98, 98% of the movie, I reckon, is, is her. Is her alone. Yeah. And she's not going to tell you what's going on. No. Which she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, that's what I was like. She can barely talk to the living. How is she going to talk right. to the dead? It's yeah. yeah, she's still getting over that affair with that vampire. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I feel like yes, all is forgiven for those crappy Twilight movies, and uh, and her her work going forward i bet is just going to be some really cool stuff i think she's going to make good choices yeah um, she seems pretty good yeah Kristen stewart you know you go forth you you'd be a badass i think it's yeah. it's going to be great um yeah i, I would i would uh, hesitate to recommend this to like horror fans who have to be sticking gore in their eyes all oh, the yeah. time yeah. i mean you know like someone who can watch any sort of horror movie from the oldest, earliest, and more quiet movies uh, to the more recent um, slashers. You know, somebody who can handle the whole spectrum can handle this. I mean, we all did. And uh, we like a good scary movie. And this really mm-hmm. it, it got a little creepy in a few places. Oh, but yeah. it really, I think the actual, when it goes for the creepiness, it's yeah. really creepy. Yeah. yeah, it does it right. It sets the mood properly, I think. And uh, yeah, the... The spirit creeping up on her. That was yeah. that was good. Mm. And, I thought the ghost looked pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, of course it's CG, but they didn't get silly with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say uh, I, I would have to kind of know the horror fan before I would recommend it to him or not. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about this movie is you could recommend this to non-horror fans. Yeah. It's like there's not so much spooky stuff that it's going to make you not be able to sleep at night. Yeah. This this, um, this movie reminds me more of uh, like Tarkovsky, like um, if you watch Stalker or something, there's like very minimal um, manifestations of yeah supernatural weather. And um, it also reminds me of uh, uh, Three Colors Blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, absolutely. Where it's all about her getting over grief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it reminds me, reminds me more of those than other horror movies. Yeah. You remember when we made all those recommendations to Johnny, my nephew? Oh, yeah. It's funny. He, uh, I, I remember uh, just texting with him one time uh, several months ago, and uh, and I asked him about whether he watched the whole trilogy. And he, I think, hadn't gotten to white or hadn't gotten to red. I'm not sure which one, but he's like blue. He's like, I've watched it several times. He's like, that fucking beach ball. Such a gut punch. Just <laughs> after the accident, this beach ball rolls rolls away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just those little touches, mm-hmm. you know. Kozlowski is just amazing that yeah. way. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the story itself, of course, how it's written. And Juliette Binoche's work 
as an actress in that one is stunning. Like that, that one is just so far beyond anything else in that era. I think that that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah. I dare say. <laughs> and, um, and as far as movies that have that mood, this is one of them and, mm-hmm. I, and I like it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, non-horror fans go ahead. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fun. This is one where yeah. non-horror fans can definitely jump right in. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a few vampire movies where that can happen. Not a lot of werewolf movies that'll give you that though. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Not gonna... a lot of slow, thinky werewolf movies. <laughs> the slow, thinky werewolf movies. Where are they? We need some. Yeah. I think Stephen Graham Jones could write one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A slow, thinky werewolf movie. A slow, thinky werewolf movie. It's the title too. Oh, you know what? Uh, okay, when the when the TV is paused on on the the cable provider here, okay. uh, it goes to like a screensaver thing where it just shows all these nature scenes, and then there's like a news crawl that pops up in in, in the corner, and it says, <laughs> "I didn't get the story, but it said dog rescued from river turns out to be wolf." <laughs> I just fucking lost it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come here, boy. Oh, God, he's biting me. His friends are showing up. What the hell? Uh, it turns out to be wolf. So what? If you knew it was a wolf, you weren't going to rescue it? No. Nope. Uh, it didn't bite him. and He got along. Yeah. Helped raise his children. Yeah. He becomes a loyal wolf. and Yeah. Do you guys remember you know, when they're thrown into the arena at the end? He, he spares him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I shouldn't ask Jolie this question. Will, do you remember Lucan the Wolf Boy? Lucan the Wolf Boy. No. No, this was a '70s. I want to say late '70s uh, TV series. No, I don't remember this one at I, all. I think he was raised by wolves. He wasn't a werewolf. Okay. Yeah, I think they play one of them it. slow thinky werewolves. Uh, yeah, he's very slow thinky. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think I want if they ever offer that on Blu-ray as as the Lucan the Wolf Boy the complete series I'll, I'll buy it. All ten episodes or something. <laughs> I think it made it two or three seasons. Really? <laughs> I wow. think so. I think so. I could be wrong. I'm going to have to look this up because I have no memory of Luke and the Wolf Boy. Do you remember BJ and the Bear? Yes. Okay. It was right around that same time. Yeah. Yeah. And Grizzly Adams. Everybody was Grizzly hanging. Grizzly Adams. Everybody. Gentle Ben. Yeah. Everyone was hanging out with wild animals. Yeah. Yeah. What would happen if if uh, if uh, BJ or the Bear, whichever the one is the guy, is <laughs> driving his truck along and all of a sudden the uh, chimp does what chimps do and just fucking attacks him oh man in traffic like on a mountain pass oh you're jackknifing for sure yeah with your face torn off your face torn off (laughs) that was a that was a shocking final episode they're like when the bear killed bj yeah Yeah. you know he's got to stuck up for winter yeah Yeah. so he's like uh, bj pull over i've got to get a butt plug and by the way (laughs) You're looking mighty tasty. That's why Clint Eastwood was smart to use an orangutan. That's true. You know, yeah. They're much more gentle. Any which way but loose. But and, loose. And any which way you can. I think so. I think that's that's the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've only watched one of those, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's they a used little... to be on TV all the time in mm-hmm. the 80s. Yeah. Right turn, Clyde. 
<laughs> That's how he would, uh, you know, get the the uh, arranged hand to punch someone. Yeah, you do the hand signal. Yeah. I think we've probably finished talking about Personal Shopper at this point, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. It's a heavy yeah. recommend. Yeah, it is. So, um, so you guys, we were. Uh, but by the time we record the next one, uh, it won't be February anymore. Um, my fault. We missed the first one. Uh, not to say we won't have women on the show or talk about movies where women are a an awesome presence in the movie. Um, but we talked about doing our, our own um, uh, sort of Black History Month in, in horror mm-hmm. or whatever we wanted to call it yeah. for March. Yeah. Uh, any ideas where you want to begin? Do you want to begin with like Candyman? Sure. Is it, what is it on? Or do you want to, you want to start with Tales from the Hood? Yeah, that's on Shutter. That's, that's on, on Shutter. Shutter yeah. Right yeah. Why don't we start with Tales from the Hood? Isn't Candyman, have they brought out the restored edition yet? Uh, yes. Have they? Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's been released by now. And I want to say, and this is really dangerous for me to start maybe throwing out the wrong uh, distributor, but I think it's Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, I want to say that's right because Johnny mentioned it when. Yeah. I don't know if we only had some sort of instrument we could look things up on the hmm. internet. Mm. Yeah. But we don't. So yeah. now all the snows came in. Yeah. Yeah. T- took all that stuff out. We pulled on all the internet wires. Yeah. Pulled in. We had to just keep warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah. If we want to start with tales from the hood, we'll watch that next for next week's show. Okie dokie. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. And, you know, when we do talk about Candyman, uh, I should ask uh, Irvin across the street because he grew up in Cabrini Green. Okay. Uh, ask him to be on the show with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Like, watch the movie, be on the show with us because he could have some different perspective than, like, what was it really like there? <laughs> and, and we did talk about it one time. And he's, yeah. he said pretty much people are just trying to, you know, get through each day. And uh, if any kids really didn't have parents who had it together there'd be people somewhere in the projects who would make sure that all the kids got fed yeah so there's definitely good community going on amongst all the really super scary stuff that was going on there so um, march is also easter isn't it yes march or april could be march could be april depends on when the uh it roves around the calendar yeah okay like thanksgiving roves around the month of november (laughs) No, isn't it always the third Thursday? It is, but that date could be... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be like a week apart, depending on what day of the week the month starts on. Yeah. But that's a really cool thing about uh, cell phones, smartphones. You can scroll through the calendar and see, uh, you know, in in the year 3000, when will Thanksgiving be, you know? You can do that with maths, too. You could. Why would you want to? Because <laughs> maybe you're really bored on a walk and you want to figure out when your birthday will be in 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they're having the anniversary of your death. Yeah. <laughs> the 100th anniversary of your doom. Mm-hmm. All right, people. Should we All call right, it? let's call it. All right. This is a show. It's been a show. Stay off the moors. Yeah, and thanks for listening.